Hey, it's the Body Bishops. Hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. Yeah. So, uh, we had a nice snowy day yesterday. It was nice. On December the 3rd, 2023. Mm. That's just for the records. So people know when this was recorded in <laughs> years to come. It was lovely, man. Day, well, it was, I loved it. I missed being with my church family, but it was nice just to be walking in the snow and getting Victoria to throw a snowball, having a, throw, a snowball thrown on my face from Victoria and yeah, good times. <laughs> nice. It's good. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but there's someone in the congregation who said that they don't like, they don't like snow. And one of the reasons <laughs> they don't like snow is because of, the sound of how it crunches under their feet when they walk on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like those are all the things that make it nostalgic and enjoyable for me. <laughs> yeah. I love uh I love it when it's snow I always go back to Narnia when it snows and yeah. C. S. Lewis and Aslan's Aslan's quote. Yeah. And winter will meet its death one day. Winter's beautiful because yeah. spring, because of the promise of spring. Mm. Um and we're here today at your house instead of Piccoloco. Mm. So it's a big sacrifice. Yeah, we've well, this is what we do for for our, the podcast listeners, is we give up coffee. We sacrifice really good coffee. Our favorite local cafe in Newcastle under Lyme. Yeah, for to record an extra one because we're trying to catch up. So we're at Titus today. Yeah, t- Titus, uh, and beginning in chapter one, when uh, you know t- the, the of course the epistles written to Titus. There's no doubt about that. But uh, we don't actually know a lot of origin story about titus we don't mm. know anything really about his background um there's really nothing um spoken into his life other than we know that he was with paul on at least two missionary journeys he's mentioned mm-hmm. like 13 times by paul in his epistles and i think paul calls him his son in the faith as mm-hmm. well uh he's in crete when he receives this scripture epistle from paul and um accompanies paul eventually uh to to crete on one of his missionary journeys and paul kind of like leaves him there to take care of this church mm. um but much 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 of his epistle is actually um, kind of like instruction from Paul, I think, he, correct me if I'm wrong, to complete his ministry and finish organizing kind of like the structure of the church, ordain godly elders, things like that. Mm-hmm. But we don't want in the midst of this epistle to get lost the main thing. Right. So you have in the midst of all the technicality, Paul is calling Titus to address the culture of the church. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, yeah, he wants to, you know, verse five, to appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Yeah. But then he starts going into details about what does the church family look like and how, and what's the mm. goal? What, how do we get to that goal? Mm. Um, and so that's really actually very important as we, as we look at this epistle. So, yeah. but before we look at gospel community, we should look at gospel truth. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to uh, stand in your way. Um, so the first one we, we drew out was chapter one, verse two, in hope of eternal life, mm-hmm. which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. So mm-hmm. we live our lives now as Christians in the glad reality and expectation of eternal life. Mm-hmm. We have this glad hope or glad expectation because it was promised to us by a faithful God yeah. through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's number one, you and I, we, we are given the hope, the confidence, the glad expectation of eternal life. There's God. nothing believable about any of this if God is not faithful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing, the second gospel truth we see uh, from, from chapter 2, verses 11 to 12, 
for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. Yeah. I'm glad that grace has come to us. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that God looked down on us and all of our mess mm. and um, stepped into our human history. Yeah. So, yeah, verse 11, it's saved us, right? Mm -hmm. That's our past. Yep. It's transforming us in verse 12. Uh, and then it gives us this hope of the future, verse 13. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this grace of God is past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. And it's it's given to us again, verse 14, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yes, by grace in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, then we've got chapter 3, verses 3 to 6. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his great mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly mm. through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Yeah. Verse 7, that having been justified by his grace, we should become errors according to the hope of eternal life. Mm -hmm. Three, that's like every chapter is talking about this hope of eternal life, hope of eternal mm -hmm. life. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So that's our gospel truths, which leads to our gospel identity that mm -hmm. we're, we're errors who've received grace, eternal life, transformed to be more like Jesus, waiting for Christ to return, mm -hmm. um, all because of Christ's goodness and mercy, all because of God's abundant love for us, mm -hmm. not because of our own works or righteousness. You know, there's this odd paradox in scriptures that we're, we're simultaneously called to look ahead and hope, but also to remember what we once were. Yeah. So yeah. not not to not to dwell in guilt and shame over past sins and past failures and what we were before Christ, mm -hmm. but to look back at what we once were. Yep. And then to look ahead. Yep. Uh, to the to the hope that is in us, and whilst we're doing both simultaneously, there's this present. Yeah. Because that looking back keeps us humble. Yeah. I'm still I'm still Jenny from the block, right? Yeah. I used to have a little, now I have a lot, and it keeps it grounded, keeps you humble. And you look back, Ephesians two is like this, Titus three is like this. What we once were, and yet mm -hmm. what we've now received by grace, and it's like, man, I I don't deserve any of this. I think the moment we forget <clears throat> where we came from before Christ's grace. Mm intervened in our lives is the moment pride begins to enter in. So. Yeah. And, and for our listeners, if, if you're keeping tally, that is the first J-Lo reference. Is it first? On the body bishops, I think. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the last, maybe. Okay. So gospel community then. Yeah. And, and I think, I think it's nice because I, I think we're, we're going to look at chapter two, verses three to five. And I think this debunks kind of some misconceptions about what it means to be a Christian and mm. what it means to live in the power of the Holy Spirit as well. Mm. But um, verses three to five, the older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. What do you think the big idea here is? So, I mean, we, we could go into detail, exegete all that this is looking at, but what we were trying to show the church family 
um, as we're looking through this was who's responsible for teaching the young women and what do we think that's going to look like, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. the older women are essentially being called to disciple and equip the younger women to pass down what it looks like to be a godly wife and mother and and a sister in Christ. And what it implies then is that the younger women would have been in the homes of the older women mm. or the older women would have been in the homes of the younger women. Yeah. Life on life, watching and learning together. Yeah. We would call that everyday normal discipleship. Yeah. And this flies in the face of what we've been bashing for, for yeah. the last year and a bit, yeah. which is see you Sunday Christianity, right? Yeah. Yeah. See you next Sunday. Lovely yeah. to see you. See you Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I actually, sometimes I see somebody like on Friday and then I'll say, see you Sunday to them. And I've, <laughs> I've made myself sort of feeling bad. Like, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> like It's only another day. But, but, you know, if it's Sunday to Sunday Christianity, yeah, yeah. that's not biblical yeah, that's Christianity. Right. Yeah. How, how are these women going to be taught this stuff? Mm-hmm. It implies mm-hmm. they're in each other's lives and homes, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's more than just like being there for the, for the church gathering as a whole. Yep. It's being there in one another's lives. Investing in the individuals, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So not yeah. just turn up the programs or events, but open homes, open lives as each generation, like we looked at last week, invest into the next generation. Yeah. And, and so, so if we're going to be what the Bible says we're meant to be, which is the family of God, the household of faith. Yeah. Um, just seeing each other during the, the, the family gathering. Right. Once, once, a, once a week isn't going to be enough. Because right. I'll be honest with you, that's, that's not enough in a normal family setting. Anyways. No, once a, once for an hour, yeah. and you're not even talking to each other. You're yeah. facing the front and doing yeah, a bunch of service yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's this beautiful kind of like familial principle here, but it's 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 everyday normal stuff. It's not necessarily extravagant. We're not necessarily talking about someone, um, you know, standing up at the front of the church and teaching some like older lady standing at the front of the church and teaching the younger ladies. Mm. We're not talking about that. We're talking right, about being right. in one of those homes, like just in the Yeah. Area. This stuff isn't a lecture. Yeah. This isn't like, I'm yeah. going to give you a lecture from the front. This mm. is, I'm in your life. Sharing life together. And, you know, and I know this is only the young women and the older women, but I think the same can apply for the older men and younger men. Like Absolutely. young men need men to invest into them. Yeah. Older men need to be invested into young men and teaching them, you know, what it looks like to be a godly husband and a godly father and a, a godly man, a godly brother in Christ. So, yeah. um, all this is implying that there's beautiful relationships of trust and warmth and support within the family. The young women, here's what's beautiful to imagine. The young women in the church would have many mothers in Christ. Mm. The young mm. men are going to have many fathers in Christ mm. and and many mothers too. You yeah. know, that's the idea behind yeah, all of this. Absolutely. Um, can, I get, can I give a um, personal illustration? I, I, I try not to mention my children by name very often, oh, here especially goes. in the podcast. Yeah. But this is a good one, so I think it's all right. Right. Um, so, so yesterday, so a few weeks back, Parker and his friend had gone uh, to cinema together, and they didn't actually end up going to the cinema. So we thought he'd have this leftover money. They went to like Nando's or something like that. <laughs> so we thought, okay, he have a little bit of money left over. And so yesterday, Amanda was asking, "What happened to that other money? That, the rest of that money?" And, and he said, uh, "He said, oh, I, I'm sorry, I spent it." And she was like, "But." You didn't actually go to cinema. You only went out for a meal. Mm. He said, "Oh, well, there was there was this homeless fella." Mm. And he said, "Don't worry, I did. I didn't just give him the money. <laughs> and we went and bought him some food mm. and took it to him." Mm. And for me, I I grew up seeing that firsthand. My dad would always do things like that mm. for people in need. Watched him literally give the shirt off of his back one time. Mm. Um, so so for me, I, I, there's never been a moment where I'm like. Parker, here's what you need to do when you see a homeless person. Mm-hmm. He's he's just seen that 
Yeah. And and I'm I'm not trying to like put myself on a pedestal, but he's my dad has passed that down to me. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to live that out. Mm-hmm. And now my son has just seen it. Mm-hmm. My dad mm-hmm. never set me aside and said, if you see a homeless person, you need right. to do X, Y, Z. Right. And it's just it's just beautiful. We need yeah. those type of father figures helping us. And yeah. It's like and real fathers, but then like spiritual fathers. Well. Yeah. Many, many dads, many moms. Yeah. So this is going to imply um, a humility and respect from the younger generation. Mm. Um, you, I think. If you're if you're part of the younger generation, listen to the podcast. You need to listen. Sorry, you need to read C.S. Lewis's chron- essay on chronological snobbery, which is basically mm. the idea of we think we're the best generation. We think mm. that we're the ones who've who've got it. Um, but that flies in the face of scripture because <clears throat> scripture talks about the the hoary head being wise, mm. and there's much to learn from our older brothers and sisters. And Titus two is implying the fact that the younger women are teachable and they're going to listen to the older women. Yeah. Um, but it also implies that the older generation has a love and an interest for the younger generation because there's so there's going to be responsibility for both here isn't there the young yeah. the young generation look up to trust in listen to respect yeah. the 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 old generation old gen, older generation love show an interest for mm-hmm. the younger generation yeah and that's that's the that's the way familiar relationships are meant to work yeah, yeah. so that's that's number one everyday normal discipleship Right, so that first one was every day investing into each other's lives. The second one is that we're called to be zealous and generous. Mm-hmm. And that, there's actually quite a few verses about this in Titus. And Titus is such a small letter. Um, but Titus 2.14, Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter 3, verse 1, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. Verse 8, um, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who've believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. And verse 14, let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. Mm. So that's like, in such a short epistle, this is a this is a big theme for, yeah, for Paul. Massive. Yeah. And this, this running theme of, of good works, Sometimes in, in the name of grace, um, we're afraid to talk about things like this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're afraid of like, I, th- I think sometimes we overcorrect. I think Yeah, yeah. We lean too far the other we, direction. We didn't lean too far. Because it, it's, God only, I shouldn't say only, God always saves us, not only to be with himself, but he saves us to work, mm-hmm. to serve. Mm-hmm. Not in, not in uh, uh, like uh, feeling obliged to do it in the sense of like a, a, a lawful requirement, but he always saves us to work out of a heart of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's, there's this overcorrection where it's like, Hey, it's just grace. So now we're just back and yeah, yeah, absolutely. enjoy being in his presence. Yeah. We're saved to work and it's a glad, it's a glad, obli- like it's a glad duty. Like we, we, you know, being married, I have a glad duty to Victoria to serve mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um, you have a glad duty towards Amanda. So it's, it's like, <clears throat> we're, we're, this grace is so the whole i mean philippians this grace is actively working in us mm-hmm. to then work itself out of us yeah. and if like it's problematic if it's not working out mm-hmm. of us then isn't it yeah, yeah um so this these verses are all about being full of good works and generosity towards society yeah and your church family yeah um jesus mm-hmm. has transformed us from being hateful selfish people at bottom to people who are zealous to serve others mm-hmm. like hateful and selfish mm-hmm. 
but now we are zealous to serve. Mm. And look at verse chapter two, verse 14, zealous about good works, like mm. passionate to serve. So it's mm. it's coming deep from within your heart, this desire to serve other people. Yeah, yeah. A city that is set on a hill can't be hid in mm -hmm. that sense of contributing to society and things like that. But this inward inward compulsion, something that did not originate with us. And like, like just going back to what you said a minute ago, you know, um, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, Mm. These types of things will come out. Yeah. Now, sometimes, sometimes we we make it, we hinder it. Yeah. Uh, there can be times whenever you know, whatever's going on in our lives would 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 hinder it in some way, like mm -hmm. a governor, you know, or like in, or something like that. But um, it, there's always this inward outpouring of the Holy Spirit yeah. in our lives. This compulsion. So. Yeah. These good works can be seen in what we do for society, for our communities. Chapter three, verse one, mm -hmm. it's our generosity towards and serving of one another. Um, and like we're saying here, we know good works do not save us or earn us favor before God. Mm -hmm. They are a result of the overflow of us being full of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we give out of the overflow, out of our abundant life that Jesus has given us. And as we're deeply connected to him and the spirit of God fills us, then he fills us to the overflow for the blessing of other people, both Christians and non-Christians here. Yeah. And and if, if we're being honest, I think, <clears throat> I think good works and generosity, it's like the bare minimum in some ways. Um, and I'll give a good example. Yesterday here in, here in Trentham, there was this, there was this guy, this, this, this father and his son just dragging this wagon around with salt. Oh, I saw the video. Yeah. <laughs> all over the place. To serve other I, people. I don't know whether or not they're Christians or not, but mm -hmm. like things like that happen mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. secular society. Common grace. Yeah. It's like yeah. common grace stuff. And mm -hmm. so if, if unregenerate uh, human beings can be that generous and that full of good works, yeah. how much more heightened. You yeah, know, absolutely. Man. So they're doing that because they're made in the image of God and that's the common grace yeah. in their lives, but they're still sinners and naturally selfish and errantly. Mm -hmm. We've, we are the ones who've been transformed to not mm. be like that anymore. How much more should the How portion of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Right. So the third thing that we see about gospel community and what this is supposed to be producing in us is peacemakers. In chapter three and verse number two, it says to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Mm. So speak evil to no one. What do you think the context is? of this? So, I mean, the context is initially kind of like talking about political leadership and governors and stuff like that. Verse mm -hmm. one, be subject to rulers and authorities to mm -hmm. obey. Um, but then this principle has to go out to apply to all yeah. then because it's speak yeah. evil of no one. Yeah. So, so how does, how does that look in the church? I mean, I, I think one of the worst things that you can do in the church is, assume and we, we, we spoke about this not long ago but is to assume the worst in someone mm -hmm. I, I think in any context that's true but especially in the church of god whenever there's some uh, wh whether it's a rumor or whether it's a preconception that you have about someone you, you presuppose that they did this or that you've not gone to them you've not asked them and you're assuming the worst in them mm -hmm. maybe they've said something that you took the wrong way mm -hmm. maybe you're at fault but i think gossiping and assuming the worst and then going and telling someone else about that is like absolutely detrimental to this yeah. gospel community thing absolutely faith. yeah and and to our testimony because if you think if we re, if we rewind about three years ago during the period of time that shall not be named um how many christians were speaking evil of you know mps and you know politicians and mm -hmm. 
like and it's just like and then even last you know speaking evil of monarchs and it's like verse one and verse two says that this should not be part of our lives yeah. i'm not saying this is easy this is this is hard stuff <clears throat> but this is yeah. only possible because the gospel is at work in our lives right mm-hmm. but the idea is i mean the initial context whatever your political views are whatever your view is on the monarchy whatever your view is of your local mp whatever your view is of anyone anywhere <laughs> don't speak evil of them so yeah, yeah. that's hard stuff man because our flesh it says like it says the next verse verse three we lived in the past in malice and envy hateful and hating one another mm. and then the verse before that's like hey don't be doing that no more but it's because verse four the kindness and love of god our savior has appeared yeah yeah so what we're called what we're called to do is to be peaceable gentle showing all humility to all men that's yeah. that's the correction and it's not an overcorrection uh, to be peaceable, not not to speak evil of anyone, but to speak peace, mm-hmm. to speak to them gently, mm-hmm. to take humility into that scenario. Now, what what does that what does that look to, like like? Because it says humble toward all people, toward all people. So we're going to apply that. We're going to apply that to our everyday lives, man. So we'll start at home, right? What does that look like at home, Alan? Oh, peaceable, gentle, and humble towards my wife. Uh, that's all it's at home right now. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. God willing in the future. But yeah. for now, just my wife and I feel at this. I don't get this right every time um, because verse three, I'm full of my flesh at times, yeah, but yeah. peaceable. I want, I strive for peace with yeah. her. I'm gentle towards her. And I'm humble towards her. Mm. I'm kind. I'm compassionate. I don't raise my voice. Mm. I don't make it about winning the argument. I make it about serving my wife. That's the goal. I'm not, I'm not telling you what it, what it looks like all the time. I'm yeah. just saying that's the goal. And when Christ is working in me and the spirit of God is working in me, that's what I accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, then at work, you've got the same type of, uh, same type of challenge, but it's even, it's even a heightened challenge because most of us don't, you know, people who are in the workplace that there's not just Christians around. Yeah. Unless you work for some Christian organization. Mm-hmm. So now you've got this unfiltered kind of like human flesh mm-hmm. <laughs> tendency so how are you going to respond when someone unjustly yeah. attacks you or accuses you or mistreats you? Yeah, this is like you're perhaps someone above you in at work, yeah. perhaps someone below you, or someone who's your peer. Mm. It all applies to speak to you know of speak evil of no one, <laughs> showing humility to all men. You know, this is yeah. every context in the workplace. You're meant to have this reputation for being peaceful, gentle, and humble. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe maybe the most challenging one, or I don't know if it is or not, but is online, mm. because in in many ways, the the online realm is kind of like the wild west in some ways. Yeah, man. Because you can almost get by with saying just about anything that you want to see. Say. Some horrible things going on on there from sadly from believers, man, yeah, and it's it it's gutting. And it's I can't remember I read it recently. I think it was in Schaefer's book, um, but it was like if you're fighting for. If you're fighting for the truth in an unlovely way, you're actually defending the lies, not mm, the truth. You're like, wow, you're defending falsehood. Yeah, <sighs> man. Yeah, it's it's this adage we have in West Virginia: "What you do speaks so loud, I can't hear what you say." Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes yeah. our our attitude and our actions speak louder than the words that we mm, say, or, or contradict them and speak louder. Yep. It was a uh, Spur- Spurgeon said: um, "The only real argument against the Bible is an unholy life." Mm-hmm. So even if I'm screaming the gospel at the top of my lungs of my life is not backing that up. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. screaming it in hit as well, rather yeah. than propelled by this love right. for Christ. Yeah. 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 So, so online we have to be speaking evil of no one and humble towards all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we did the reach the owls um, videos, 
the worldview videos, we got a lot of hate from atheists, like yeah. tons of hate. Yeah. Um, but we just tried to comment. The, to, we tried to reply to those responses in a really kind, yeah. generous, humble way. Yeah. And a lot of the time, they actually apologized to us yeah. just because of our because our our response was very gentle and kind and mm. and just. But but what we were hoping was that. We weren't just tackling that atheist, but other atheists were going to see it, how yeah. we handled it. Yeah. But we were also equipping other Christians because they were reading it too and thinking, oh, yeah. that's how you dialogue with someone who's vehemently hateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and it was quite a profitable experience then for, for a lot of people, the, 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 the back and forth dialogue in those videos. Yeah. So. That's good, man. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, the, the, the real kind of like down to the ground, boots on the ground kind of principle we want to take away from this is amongst our church family. Yeah. Because we're talking about this gospel community thing. Yeah. How, how, how might that, because, okay, I'm going to be really honest. I don't, I don't, I don't completely know why, but I think most people would agree with what I'm going to say. Sometimes the people that you see the most are the most difficult people mm-hmm. to be kind and caring mm-hmm. and gentle and humble and peaceable with. Yep. Why do you think that is? You just spend more time with people. You, you're you're becoming more and more yourself. You, you find their irritabilities. They keep rubbing up against you every 15 minutes rather than every three years. Mm. So it's just going to get easier and easier to start snapping and getting in the flash about it all. Yeah. So so if, if we're doing this gospel community thing that we're talking about, of course, we're meeting and we're gathering on Sundays as a body. Mm-hmm. And then we're meeting up with which, with each other through the week. Yep. We're going to be seeing more of one another, yeah. And we're going going to be kind of like um, confronted with all of these different disagreements and personality quirks and X Y Z. That's that's tough. Mm-hmm. That makes gospel community even more challenging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we we've been friends for ten, eight years, nine years, um, <clears throat> speaking from a distance, phoning each other from a distance, emailing from a distance. Now we do life together for a year and a half. We've annoyed each other. We've got mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We've irritated each other, offended each other, and it's not because I've got worse or you've got worse. It's just because we're here in yeah. the midst of it yeah. all, and we're then meant to be doing like working through all this together. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Um. So I mean, speaking evil of no man, like you know, this in the church family, gossip is such a sinister, divisive thing. Did you know that you are actually a liar for listening to gossip and not just spreading gossip. Mm. Proverbs 17 verse four says, an evildoer gives heed to false lips. Mm. He listens to false lips. Listen to this. A liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. Mm. So you're not just lying by what you say. You're lying by receiving gossip. Wow. That's actually a lie. You're, you're mm. sinning against God to mm. receive slander and gossip. So it says speak evil of no one. But if you're in the context where you're hearing evil from, you should say, Listen, I don't want to be part of this. I don't mm. want to hear this. Mm. Have the courage to call sin sin, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um yeah. So there I, you go, I, th- yeah. I think I think the secret ingredient in all of this and um which which doesn't com- give the complete kind of like resolution <laughs> to it, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But it's that it's the word humble. Mm-hmm. And really do believe when it comes to speaking evil of no one, mm-hmm. that, that is like man, that's so key. Yeah. It's being humble enough to look at the things that annoy you about someone or the things that you disagree with about that politician or that person in the church or uh, your a, neighbor, a teacher, whatever, yeah. yeah, your teacher, yeah. <laughs> you know, and to, to be able to look past that and say, okay, well, uh, well, they don't have it all together, but neither do I. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're not perfect, but 
neither am I. Mm-hmm. And just remaining humble in the whole thing. Yeah. This is the fruit of the spirit, right? Peace, yeah. gentleness, yeah. humility. Um, and so that means the spirit works it out of us because we can't on our own. Um, which is why we get to Titus 3.15 where it finishes is uh, grace be with you all. Mm-hmm. It's only by grace we're going to be able to live this stuff out yeah. once again. So it's, it's absolutely impossible without grace in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. That's Titus. Nice man. Titus 1 to 3, Gospel Community. Thanks for listening to the Baldy Bishops Podcast. If you wish to get a hold of us, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. Hey, do you want to go get it okay? That sounds great. Let's go.